Today, we'll see that we were made to glorify God. Here's Trent Griffith. Husbands, glorify God's love by loving your wife. Wives, glorify God's grace by respecting your husband. Parents, glorify God's patience by training your children. Glorify God's mercy by forgiving and showing mercy. Glorify God's truth. Glorify God's trustworthiness. Glorify God's generosity by giving God's strength by serving out of your weakness. Glorify God's lordship by repenting of sin and trusting. I glorify God by displaying God's glory in every detail of my life. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Well, think for a moment about the tools in a carpenter shop. Carpenters have various sizes and shapes of hammers, chisels, clamps, and even saws. They have power tools that make lots of noise and dust. And they have these old-fashioned hand tools for intricate style work. But each tool is designed in such a way that it accomplishes one main purpose. If you try to use a chisel like a screwdriver or even a hammer, it won't do the job very well, and it'll even damage the chisel. Well, you and I are tools in God's toolbox, and each of us have a purpose, a reason for being. Over the past few weeks, we've been camping out on the idea that we were made for God's glory. It's kind of like saying that the tools in the carpenter shop were made to help the carpenter do his job. Today, Pastor Trent helps us see some individual ways that we as tools can be used to bring more glory to God. Here's Pastor Trent. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to give you three ways to glorify God. Number one, how do I glorify God? By being transformed from one degree of glory to another. How do I glorify God? First of all, by being transformed from one degree of glory to another. And we all, all right, now stop right there. This is us, Harvest Bible Chapel 2018 here in Granger. We all, this has implications for us. Notice, with unveiled face, if you have turned to the Lord and the veil has been removed, We are beholding the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is spirit. The only way for true transformation to take place is for you to behold the glory of the Lord in such a way that you change into the same image from one degree of glory to the next. So how do I glorify God? By being transformed from one degree of glory to another. Here's the second way. By abiding and reproducing. By abiding and reproducing. That word is found in John chapter 15. And Jesus said this, I am the vine, you are the branches. It's almost as if he was saying, don't get confused about who you are. The branch has no life and has no ability to produce fruit if it's not connected to the vine. So he says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You cannot glorify God 
without abiding in Christ. The verse goes on and says this, by this is my father glorified. So you're asking the question, how do I glorify God? Jesus gives you the answer by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. God wants you to be bearing fruit. Fruit is just simply the byproduct of hanging out with Jesus. If you go back and look at that word abiding again, the word abiding has always tripped me up. I've always like had trouble. trying. I give my life to explaining words in the Bible, right? I've had the hardest time trying to figure out how to explain the word abide until this week. I have a 20-year-old son named Zach. And about a month ago, Zach called me and he said, Dad, spring break is coming up. And here's what I'd like to do for spring break. Um, I've got four buddies in college. They're at Cedarville University. He's in his third year and he's got these four really close friends. And he's like, we want to go on a spring break trip together. Now, how many of you that are dads, when you hear the words spring break, go Together, that makes you a little nervous. Am I the only one? I'm like, where do you want to go? And what are you going to be doing? And are you going to have any regret at the end of this? All right. And are you going to completely dishonor God in the process? Well, he's like, I need your help. I need to borrow the family Toyota Highlander in order to put this to put this together. And he's like, we want to go to Banff National Park. I'm like, you want to go to a national park that's not even in our nation? He's like, it's in Western Canada. I'm like, what? And I knew they didn't have any money. He's like, that's okay. Just, we just, if you, we get some granola bars and, uh, and we've got a tent. One of the guys has a tent. We just need the Highlander and we'll be fine. So they show up on Monday and they take the Highlander and, and they take off. And uh, I'm kind of tracking them on Find My Friends on my phone, you know, to make sure they're not going somewhere they didn't tell me they were going. So they came back yesterday. And they brought the Highlander back with no damage. I was grateful. Uh, they put 7,000 miles on it. And, um, and, then, and then Andrew and I got into the Highlander. After these five boys had been in it for a week without taking a shower. And there was... There was an abiding presence there in the Highlander of, of these boys. So, but I got to thinking about it. And I mean, how many of you, when you were 20 years old, did something like that? It's like, I, this is the greatest week of my life. Something like that. Yeah. Well, they, it really was. And, you know, I could just imagine 27 hour, it's actually it was 31 hour trip out there and a 30 hour, one hour trip. And I'm like, at the end of those seven days, do you think those guys knew each other? There was probably something, there's probably nothing they didn't know about each other. Do you know what they did the entire week? They abided. They connected. That's what Jesus wants from each one of us. When you spend time with Jesus, you become like him. And that is how you become a display of God's glory by connecting with that glory. And by that, God is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples, one who looks like, acts like, and lives like Jesus. Here's the third thing. How do you glorify God? I glorify God by displaying God's glory in every detail of my life. Now, we are about to get super practical right now. For those of you that are waiting around for the practical stuff, here it is. This is the most practical verse in the Bible. 
1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. How many of you already this morning have found food and put it in your mouth? Raise your hands. Testimonies in church. Okay, great. How many of you are probably going to do that a couple more times today? Yeah. How many of you have actually taken liquid and put it in your mouth? You have drunk something. It's risky to ask that in church, I realize, but you, you drink. Yeah, we do that several times a day, right? That's the most mundane thing you can do is eat and drink. And whatever other categories that you could find of the things you do, he covers that all with the word whatever. Now, here's what we do. We think that glorifying God is what we do when we're at church. And when we open our Bible, and when we pray, and when we give. And then we think everything else we do is what we do in between the times that we glorify God. That is the complete opposite of what the Bible teaches. What this verse is teaching us is everything you do either displays or distorts the glory of God. We have to understand that in our eating, we can glorify God, we can display God's glory, or we can distort God's glory. In our drinking, we will display or distort the glory of God. Whatever we do will either display or distort the glory of God. So let's get super practical. I want to give you 10 ways this week you can display the glory of God. Let's start with the men. At the 8 o'clock service, I heard an audible groan. (laughs) That was a bad week for that dude, apparently, you know? So if that's you, let's help you. Husbands. How many husbands in the room? I want to see the whites of your eyes so I know where to aim, okay? Husbands. Glorify God's love. By loving your wife as Christ loved the church. A husband displays the glory of God's love when he moves toward his wife to embrace her in spite of him not understanding her. In spite of her not necessarily being attractive at that particular moment. In spite of her maybe even being a porcupine on that particular day. He glorifies God's love by moving toward her, even though he's got excuses for why she's not all that lovable. And he glorifies God's love by nourishing her and cherishing her and putting her needs ahead of his own. He glorifies God's love by laying his life down Because that's what Jesus did in loving us. He moved toward us when we were a porcupine. He moved toward us when we were not attractive. He moved toward us in love, laying his life down, putting our needs in front of his. A husband glorifies God by simply glorifying God's love by loving his wife as Christ loves the church. But a husband distorts the glory of God 
when he is too busy and insensitive and uncaring and has wandering eyes, when he is selfish and when he does these things without putting her needs ahead of his own, do you know what he does? He distorts the glory of God to his wife and his wife can't see the glory of God in him. Husbands, glorify God's love by loving your wife as Christ loves the church. I have nine more. Can you handle it? Or is that enough? All right. We'll start with the wives now. Wives, glorify God's grace by respecting your husband. A wife displays the glory of God's grace when she feels rejected, ignored, unloved, and yet she serves and she respects and she speaks kind words of encouragement. She speaks kind words to her husband and about her husband when she is with her friends when she serves diligently, when she opens her heart and honors her husband, that's how a wife displays the glory of God's grace. Because that's what God's grace does for us. When we don't deserve it, He treats us better than we deserve. But a wife distorts the glory of God's grace when she's resentful and disrespectful and demanding and critical of her husband. She distorts the glory of God's grace and her husband can't see the glory of God in her. Wives, glorify God's grace by respecting your husbands. Parents, where are the parents? Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Parents, glorify God's patience by training your children to glorify God. Moms and dad display the glory of God's patience when they are gently correcting their children's selfish behavior and confronting what's going on in their own heart. God is glorified when exhausted moms and dads take the iPhone or the iPad out of the hands of their teenagers, make eye contact with them. Open their heart, open the Bible, open a storybook Bible and begin to explain what God's glory actually is all about. And then they humble themselves in front of their children and say, you know what? I haven't always lived for the glory of God. And sometimes you've seen a very distorted view of the glory of God because I haven't reflected that to you. Here's what God's teaching me in the word. And I, I've repented before the Lord of these things. And I, I want you to know that it's my responsibility to reproduce these things in you. It's my job to instruct you and to discipline you and to love you and to care for you and to lead you and to protect you and to, to direct you. And they see the glory of God. But moms and dad distort the glory of God when they aren't patient and they're uninvolved and they're distant and they're frustrated and they scream and they yell at their children. When biological mom and biological dad don't get married or stay married, it distorts the glory of God and their children can't see the glory of God in what God intended to be a permanent, enduring, covenant love relationship through a lifetime. Parents, glorify God's patience by training your children to glorify God. Glorify God's mercy by forgiving and showing mercy to those who hurt you. You display God's mercy when you have been cheated, stolen from, lied about, slandered, gossiped, sued, divorced, abused, disappointed in a church leader, and yet you choose to forgive someone who doesn't deserve it and you treat them better than they deserve. That's how you glorify the mercy 
of God. But you distort the glory of God's mercy when you become angry and bitter and unforgiving and seek revenge. And the one who hurts you can't see the glory of God in you. Glorify God's mercy by forgiving and showing mercy to those who hurt you. Glorify God's truth by believing, speaking, and living the truth. A businessman, a businesswoman displays the glory of God's truth when he deals honestly with his customers and employees. He respects his employees and the government when he charges a fair price, when he does excellent work, when she refuses to compromise her integrity. That's how a business person glorifies the truth of God. But when you mistreat your customers, you disrespect your employees, you cheat on your taxes, and you don't provide a good service, you distort the glory of God's truth. Glorify God's truth by speaking and believing and living the truth. Glorify God's trustworthiness in your suffering. You display the glory of God in your suffering when you trust that God's ways are higher than your ways. In John chapter 11, Jesus heard some really bad news that one of his best friends had died. And his sister showed up to report that and said, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. Jesus said, this sickness is for the glory of God. There are a lot of churches and a lot of preachers that don't even have room in their theology for a God that would allow suffering. Do you have room in your theology for a God who actually could be more glorified in your suffering than your well-being? You glorify God in your suffering when you have a peace that passes understanding. No matter what the diagnosis, no matter how intense the pain, no matter how deep the loneliness, the person in this room with the greatest physical ailment has the greatest opportunity to glorify God because you trust Something that you can't see or understand, but you have such a confidence in the goodness of God and the sovereignty of God, the control of God, that we step back and say, that's not natural. That's supernatural. Glory to God. But you distort the glory of God when you complain and moan and bellyache about how hard life is. You distort the glory of God when you don't trust His goodness. When you ball your fist up in the face of God and accuse Him of not knowing what He's doing and that you could run the universe better than He can, you distort the glory of God. Don't do it. Glorify God's trustworthiness in your suffering. Glorify God's generosity by giving generously to the Lord. A family displays the glory of God's generosity when they give generously to the Lord. When when even though times are hard, money's tight, and they have trouble making ends meet, the first line item in the budget is still give to God. Trusting that God will use whatever's left over more than He would use if you were controlling all of it yourself. 
They give glory to God because he's been so generous to us. They give back. But you distort the glory of God. When you cut your giving out of the budget instead of cutting your expenses, when you use all that God has given you on yourself rather than looking ways to bless God and bless others. Glorify God's generosity by giving generously to the Lord and trusting Him. Glorify God's strength by serving out of your weakness. In 1 Peter chapter 4, we're told that each one has received a gift and we're to use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's grace. But he says that we're to serve by the strength that God supplies in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So, God gets glory when I go to God in my weakness to find strength to do things that are far beyond my ability, far beyond my training, far beyond my maturity, and far beyond my courage. And I gulp real hard and I lean in like, God, I don't have strength to do this. I don't have the time to do this. And I, I really need some supernatural strength here. When I spend time that I don't have, to serve people that I don't even like. <laughs> Through the strength that God provides, God gets glory. But you distort the glory of God's strength when you use all of your gifts and all of your talent and all of your resources to serve yourself or only serve out of those areas that you feel competent at. And when you serve in an area where you feel competent, guess who gets the glory? You do. But when you serve out of your strength, God gets the glory. Glorify God's lordship by repenting of sin and trusting Christ as Lord for salvation. If you've never turned to the Lord, if you've never been saved, this is the starting place of glorifying God. We're told in Philippians chapter 2 that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what he's waiting for you to do. And if you've never done that, when you bow the knee, when you surrender your life, when you choose Christ over self, you glorify the lordship of Jesus Christ. But when you harden your will and you resist him and you cover your sin and you live independently, trying to be your own savior, holding on to your own sovereignty, being your own God, you distort the glory of God. Glorify God's lordship by repenting of sin and trusting Christ as Lord for salvation. You say, I've already done that. You do that every day. Do you sin every day? Yes. Glorify the Lord by repenting of sin and trusting Christ every day. It's not something that happens in the past. And then finally, and I say this to our church, Harvest Bible Chapel, Glorify God by sharing the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, as it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. A church displays the glory of God by praying and going and sending people to the places where the glory of God is not yet known. And that could be in your family, that could be in your school, that could be in your workplace, that could be somewhere around the world. What you will do wherever you go this week will be no less significant than what I'm doing. Amen. Everything you do will either display or distort the glory of God. 
there may be a 25-year-old in here that's kind of wondering what you want to spend your life on. And it may take you 25 years of cultivating an environment where the lordship of Jesus Christ is even a concept. I don't know what God may be calling you to do. The Lord is opening doors for us to impact all kinds of different areas. And it can't just be about the people that get on the platform. I want you to find a place where you can go and share the glory of God. And again, that may be in downtown South Bend. That may be in your home. It may be in the bedroom. It may be a phone call to somebody that's dear to you. Will you give yourself fully and finally to glorify the Lord? It's what you were made for. You were made for more. I invite you to bow your heads just right where you're at. What's the Lord said to you this morning? Are you a husband that needs to glorify the Lord by loving your wife? Are you a wife that needs to glorify the Lord by respecting your husband, a parent, a child that needs to glorify the Lord and His truth by obeying, listening to truth? Is there a business practice you need to change? Because it's not glorifying the Lord. There are entertainment choices you need to change because it's not glorifying the Lord. You're distorting the glory of God. You have an appetite for things that distort the glory of God. That's not right. Father, you are glorious. Jesus, you are glorious. And thank you that you've lifted the veil from our eyes to see these things. And we see them even so dimly now. And we're such a poor reflection of your glory so often. But God, we want to repent of that. We want a fresh start. We want to give ourselves fully and finally once again for the purpose for which we were made to glorify you. Receive our praise. But God, I pray that what we do now is just the overflow of what we'll do all week long, giving you the glory that you deserve. All for your name's sake. Jesus, be glorified. It's in your name we pray. know about you, but seeing all of life through that lens, the lens of God's glory, helps put things in perspective for me. Everything I do is either better displaying the glory of God or is distorting it. I hope the way that Trent Griffith drove that point home today was helpful to you. You know, earlier in the program, I used the analogy that we are all like tools in a carpenter shop. Each tool has a specific purpose, a job to do. A skilled carpenter knows just how to use the tool to accomplish the overall goal of making that piece of furniture or framing up that house. And likewise, we are tools in God's hands. He knows just how to use us to better bring Him glory. Our job is to submit to His wise hands and trust that His ways are best. So I guess you could view your local church as a toolbox of sorts, a collection of tools with different functions all coming together in the job of better glorifying God. So, do you have a local toolbox that you attend? I hope you do. But if you're looking for a place to gather with other tools, we'd like to invite you to visit Harvest Bible Chapel. Join us for a worship service. We're all about glorifying God and making disciples. For more information about service times and locations, just go to harvestgranger.org. 
And there's a new Harvest Bible Chapel just starting up in Elkhart County. Maybe that's more convenient for you. You can learn more information by visiting our website, harvestgranger.org. Again, that's harvestgranger.org. Or find us on Facebook by searching for Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's Word would resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.